Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They're weak. But guess what? He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves us. Yes, Jesus loves you. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Dear God, you have spoken through your son, Jesus Christ. You have spoken through creation, science, nature, arts, music, literature, food. But this morning, we ask you to speak through the old stories of the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So some time ago, I was scheduled to go to Andrews University for some boring meetings. Now, Andrews University is in the middle of nowhere in Bering Springs, Michigan. And when my grandma first heard that I was going there, she called me and said, Oh, amigo, mira que vas a ir a Andrews University. And I'm, What's going on, grandma? Well, I, you, know, I'm just, you know, she speaks with a little accent. She's like, I heard you going to Andrews, and I'm just so excited because your uncle lives there. And, you know, he just moved in. He just got to say hi to him. I'm like, Whew, grandma, just hold on. You know, what can I do for you? You know, just go visit him. He's kind of lonely out there in the middle of nowhere. You know, Grandma, I can do that. We're family. She's like, well, and so I'm also wondering if you can do me a favor. You can count on me, Grandma. I'm your favorite grandson. Well, you're not my favorite grandson, but I need to count on you. It's like, what do you need, Grandma? You can trust me with your life. Well, all I need from you is to deliver this small little package. Give it to your uncle. Inside, I made some homemade tortillas, and he's going to appreciate them. Oh, Grandma, I can do that for you. Don't eat him. I won't. <laughs> One more thing, Saul. You need to give those tortillas as soon as you get there. Otherwise, what? Just give it to him. I'm like, oh, no problem, Grandma. You can trust me. You can rely on me. I got this. I got a degree from last year university. So anyways, I went to Andrews University, went to those boring meetings, and I was um, hanging out with my friends. I actually got to stay with them and not see them for a while. It was just good hanging out, going to eat to the only restaurant in that place, you know, the Taco Bell in in the, by the gas station. And, um, you know, we stay up all night, play video games. Oh, just good times. And then I, I remember I had to do something. I had to call my, my Uncle Harold. I called him up and I'm like, hey, Uncle, how you doing? He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm in town. When did you get here? Oh, just a while ago. It's like, can I see you? Yeah, why don't you come over after church tomorrow? We can have lunch and we can just catch up. You can let me know what's going on in California. I'm like, I can do that. So after church the following day, you know, Great worship service. I met my family in the parking lot, hugged them, kissed them. And my uncle said, um, where's the package? I'm like, the package? Yeah, the package. 
What package? The package. Oh, the package with the homemade tortillas. I forgot all about them. Um, well, you know what? You know, I was coming to church, and, you know, the kids get distracted with the tortillas. The pastor, then the elders would want some, and the deacons. You know, we don't want any trouble in churches, but we can go get it. Anyways, we drove to my friend's house. We went to, to the room and uh, went to my bat and put my luggage. And on the bottom, there was a little package. I opened the package, and there was this funky smell. Now, it's been a week. And so I looked again, and I noticed that the tortillas were beginning to change colors. Never seen them before. You know, they're beginning to look a little bit yellow, brown, black, white. It's like a rainbow. Beautiful. So I closed the package, decided, hey, this is not my problem. I'm flying in, to, I'm flying in first thing in the morning. I'm just called to deliver the package. We got to my uncle's house. My aunt was just warming up the food. She told us, you know, sit down. It's so good to see you. I made some rice and beans, and I was thinking the homemade tortillas could complement the meal. Yeah, it was not a good meal. Something was missing. You see, boys and girls, in life, we rely on people. You see, somebody who has a business relies on their employees. Somebody who is a teacher relies on the students. But what about us Christians? Who do we rely on? This morning, good answer. This morning, I want to take you to a story in the first book of Samuel, chapter 17. And I know you know this story. I know you know this story by heart, but together we can review it. And maybe we can remember who we need to trust on. Now, the Bible says in chapter 17, verse 1, the Philistines gather their forces for war. Yeah, war. Now, we don't know exactly how everything started. We know that they came out of nowhere. Somebody might have sent an email, a text message, but the Philistines showed up in one side of the mountain, and the Israelites showed up in the other side of the mountain. And the Bible says that in verse 2, in the middle, in between them, there was the valley of Elam. Now, today, if you somehow go to Israel and close to the city of Jerusalem, you're going to find out this beautiful valley right there. This is where the story took place 3,000 years ago. Can you believe it? No freeways, no buildings, no McDonald's. Wow, it's still there. And the Bible says that one of the armies was in this side and the other army was in the other side. And in between them, the valley. But nobody was fighting. Do you know why nobody was fighting? If you keep reading, you're going to find out that the Bible says that there was a champion named Goliath. That's right. His name means splendor. You could see him from far away. He was big. He was tall. The Bible says he was nine feet tall. How tall is that? Uncle Rob, I'm wondering if you can stand up for us. Uh, yeah, the, the handsome one. <laughs> How tall are you? Nine feet. Nine feet, yeah. <laughs> Thou shalt not lie in church, but... Um, how tall are you? Let's try that again. Six eight. Six eight. Close to seven. Now, why don't you pick up your kid and just put him on your shoulders? 
to get a better idea of what a nine feet uh, giant would look like. Wow, boys and girls, that's pretty tall. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Now, the Bible says that Goliath was tall. He was not as handsome or as smart of, as Uncle Rob, but he was big and mean, and his name means splendor. Now, imagine going to school and like, splendor, are you here? Oh, I'm here. Now, the Bible says that he was well-equipped for war. He had a helmet, and he had the equivalent of a bulletproof vest. Now, they had no guns. 3,000 years ago, they had no bullets. But he was well-protected. No arrow, no spear, no sword could penetrate because he was strong, and he was well-equipped. In fact, his weapons and his bulletproof vest and his helmet, it all weighed about 200 pounds. He weighed more than me. And he's carrying him just like nothing, like <laughs> he's walking around. And you know what? Goliath, he was a champion, but he was also a bully. How many of you have bullies at school? We don't like them. Boo for the bullies. Well, Goliath was a bully. He loved to talk trash. And the Bible says that he began to talk trash because he thought he was strong. He thought he was handsome. He thought he was intelligent. And he had a bodyguard who had his back. The Bible says in verse 8, though, he would stand up every day and he would shout, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you are not servants of King Saul. That's how he spoke, right? <laughs> Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. This day I defy the ranks of Israel, so please give me a man so I can kick their butts. <laughs> That's on a child-friendly version of the Bible. The Bible says on verse 11, when the Israelites heard this big, tall, mean, and ugly bully named Goliath, they were scared. They were really scared. They're like, shaking over. Mom, where is mom? And everybody's screaming. The Bible says even King Saul was scared. You guys remember King Saul, the first king of Israel? The Bible says he was the tallest man in Israel. The tallest man of Israel. He was the leader. He was the king. He should have been the one fighting Goliath. But he was scared, big chicken. <laughs> now, before we continue, the Bible kind of interrupts, kind of like for a commercial. And on verse 12, the Bible says that um, back in Bethlehem, there was a parent who was concerned for his kids. Now, boys and girls, when you go to school, when you go camping, when you go on a field trip, you know what happens with your parents? They get concerned. Oh, how nice. They worry. Oh, how nice. And you know what? I'm 30 years old, but my mom still calls me like, hey, mijo, are you still eating good? I'm like, you know, 30 years later, my mom still worries about me. So now the Bible says there was this man in the city of Bethlehem who was concerned because his three oldest sons were in the battle. 
And even though he bought all the equipment at REI, he was not sure how they were doing. They had no internet access, and they had no good reception because they had AT&T. And so he said, <laughs> this is what he said, let's send our son David. You see, young David was a little boy who nobody cared. They just sent him to wash the dishes, vacuum, wash the car, you know, clean out the dog. And, you know, nobody remembered David. You guys remember? He's a little boy. But Jesse, the dad, said, you know what? I want to know how my kids are doing in the battlefield. David, why don't you go out there? I'm going to put you this backpack. I'm going to give you this backpack, and I'm going to put some homemade food. I'm going to put, like, some pizza. I'm going to put some, you know, banana nut bread, maybe some tortillas, some cheese and, and fruit and candy, and maybe their, their Game Boy because they forgot it. And so he, they carry all this stuff, put it in his bag, and David's like, all right, Dad, whatever you want. And the Bible says he showed up to the battlefield. He asked for his brothers. They told him, hey, they're by that red tent next to the, you know, to the yellow tent. And, and he showed up and, oh, it was so nice seeing them after several days. And as they're talking and catching up, guess what happens? Remember the big, tall, ugly, and mean bully named Splendor? <laughs> Goliath? The Bible says that he came out. The Bible says that while he's talking to his brothers, he came out. And once again, he, he told everyone, you must want to fight with me. Send a representative of your army so I can show them what's up. Now, everybody was scared. Everybody was scared. Everybody ran back to the camp. And you see, this had been going on for 40 days. Verse 16, the Bible says 40 days. Imagine, you wake up in the morning. Ah, good morning. You eat breakfast, your pancakes. You go to the battlefield. And then you hear this ugly monster. I'm going to beat you up. And then you run back to camp because you're so scared. This was going on for 40 days. People were tired, but they were still scared. And David, since he was new, he said, um, what's, what's going on? What's everybody running? Where's everybody going? I just got here. Is it me? I mean, I took a shower before I got here. What's going on? And then the people said, look, David, in the other side, the big, darling, mean giant. His name is Goliath, and he wants to come and beat us up. David said, how come nobody's doing anything? Because we're scared. He's big, tall, taller than Uncle Rob. He said, why don't we do something? How come the king is not called to do something? And they said, the king is scared. He has promised that if anyone goes and fight, he's going to give his daughter lots of money and food and anything you want to imagine. And the family don't have to pay taxes. Now, boys and girls, this is really good when it comes to April. So if you wanted to fight, man, imagine your parents don't have to pay taxes. David is like, this is ridiculous. Somebody needs to do something. And while he was talking, somebody heard that David was asking questions. And they told the king, hey, king, there's, there's this little boy I don't know. I mean, he's not old enough to drive, but he thinks he can fight. <laughs> Just bring him over. The Bible says they brought him to the, to the big tent where they had a lot of games. They had a plasma TV. They had the Wii, the PS3. They just had nice couches. And that's where the king entertained himself rather than to go out and fight. And when David showed up, 
David's like, hi, let, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, you know. Your servant will go and fight him. I, I got this, king. And the king, verse 33, says, uh, you are not able to go against this Philistine. You are only a boy. What are you talking about? These guys have been fighting all his life. Don't you hate it when people tell you you're just a little girl? Or a little boy. I remember when I asked a bus driver if I, I was six years old, I, I remember asking him, can I drive? He's like, no, you're just a little boy. What's up with that? <laughs> Don't you hate it when they tell you you're too young? So David is like, I can go fight this guy. No, you're just a boy. And then he continues saying, King, listen to me. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And, you know, sometimes the lions and the bears come and they take some of the sheep. And I go after them and I just take them back. And when the bear or the lion, you know, realizes that they're going to go hungry, they come back and try to eat me. And you know what I do to them? I take care of business. Now, Peter was not too excited about this story. Um, some organizations are opposed to this because the Bible says that the, the David actually killed the bears and the lions. Yeah, uh, I know, I know. But imagine, how many of you have gone to the L.A. Zoo or San Diego Zoo? You know, you've seen these big, tall, and scary bears. Yeah, imagine little David fighting against them and actually winning. And the lions that come to you and, you know, just kind of scare you. King. I've done this so many times. In verse 37, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. So King Saul said to David, um, go and the Lord be with you. But before you go, take my cell phone in case you need some help. Uh, take my armor, take my weapons, take my helmet, take this and that, and take a GPS in case you get lost. And he just gave him a bunch of things to fight. And little David is like, what do I do with this? And he's just like, you know, he's just, I'm not used to this. I can't move. He said, uh, this is not for me, king. Then he took off all the armor, took off the weapons, took off the helmet. And verse 40 says that he took his staff in his hand, went down, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. When the Philistine saw somebody coming, he said, Bring me some of those glasses that they're sending to Rotan. I cannot see who's coming. So they approached to the middle of the valley. And when they got to the middle, they realized it was little David. He was not even old enough to drive. He was a young boy. And he said, what are you? Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and stones? This is not a video game. This is real life, and I will show you and teach you a lesson. The Bible says that David said, listen, I know you're tall, you're scary, you have experience, you have a lot of weapons, and you have your bodyguard. You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, 
But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Basically, boys and girls, what David was saying is like, listen, you're a grown-up. I know. You have a lot of things going for you, but you're putting your trust on the weapons, on the experience, on your height, on your age. I'm putting my trust. I'm relying fully on God. You know the story. You know what happened. The Bible says that he, he said to them, this is what David said to all the Philistines, all those gathered here will know that it is not by a sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. When the Philistines saw he was only a boy, he tried to come closer. But at that time, David, reaching to his back, got one of those little smooth stones and put it on his sling and hit him on the forehead. You know the story. He fell down. And this is what the Bible says in verse 50. So David triumphed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he stroked down this big, mean giant. And he killed him. Your parents can tell you the rest of the story as you go home. <laughs> Boys and girls, this morning, I hope you remember something very important. Number one, in life, sometimes, well, most of the times, you will face giants. You see, this is not the only time that David will face giants. If you keep looking in the first Samuel and second Samuel, especially chapter 21, you're going to find out that he encountered other giants. These giants sometimes are called difficulties, challenges. Sometimes they're called homework. Sometimes they're called sickness. They're called pain, suffering, debt, unemployment. But the most important thing that I hope you guys remember this morning is just frog. Remember frog? Fully rely on God. It doesn't matter how tall, how big, how mean, how scary. These giants come to you. Frog, fully rely on God. It is our prayer as a church that all of us as a community, all of us boys and girls, will be able to say, like David said years later in Psalms 27, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord, our God.